Hi. Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Orange County, California with a Living Fearless Devotional. Which is part of ResurrectMinistry.com. You can find all of our content, all of our past shows. We would love it if you would listen, subscribe, share. Uh, it's basically pushing up um, the social media posts uh, do us a great blessing because it makes us, it allows the message to be shared. And we have a whole bunch of resources on the website, including Andy's Fearless Man podcast and my articles on the Christian Post. So peruse the website, drop us a line, say hello, have questions, comments, suggestions. Uh, we're open to it all. And if you'd like to partner with us, there's an opportunity to donate with the um, Donate Now button. Peruse. Peruse. I just heard you say peruse. Oh, my mic has not been on. Oh, there you go. Sorry, probably <laughs> you didn't hear any of that. <laughs> I talked a whole lot about Resurrect Ministries website. They probably heard you through my mic. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, okay. I think so. Let us know. Uh, let's see what the comments are. Oh, no. Hi, Carrie friends. says hi. Jan, I keep forgetting to tell you that I got you a book at the concert last time, um, yes. the Brandon Lake concert, and I need to give it to you. It's called Healing What is Broken. It's for your son. It's uh, from Reboot Recovery. It's people that are doing some amazing things, apparently helping people survive um, and live an abundant life that have suffered from trauma. And so suffering the death of a loved one is definitely trauma. Cool. Carrie said she heard us. That's good. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, we're reading from uh, Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon, which brings to my- His grandson. His grandson. I got a whole I got a whole monologue about yeah. not only just the grandson, but just how the church can be like Pharisees sometimes. Like we're just so judgmental and so critical and self-righteous mm -hmm. that we don't allow people the opportunity to grow. And how many people end up with church hurt as a result of that and leave the church because the church attendees are so mean? Yeah. And unforgiving. So right. So, yeah. I'll, I'll continue my monologue after this discussion. Jen says, what? How wonderful. Oh, Thank I hope you. he enjoys it. I hope it's of use. Yes. Be awesome. If it helps. October 13th for Morning by Morning, Charles Spurgeon. The reference is 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance. Charles says, genuine spiritual mourning over sin is the work of the Spirit of God. Repentance is too high quality a flower to grow naturally in nature's garden. Pearls form naturally in oysters. But repentance is never found in sinners unless God's divine grace has worked it into them. If you have even a hint of a real hatred of sin, the Lord must have given it to you. For humans, human nature's thorns have never produced as much as a single fig. Flesh gives birth to flesh. True repentance has a distinct tie to our Savior. Mm. When we truly repent of sin, we will have one eye 
on sin and another on the cross. Or better still, we will fix both eyes on Christ and see our transgressions only through the light of his love. True sorrow over sin is very practical, for no one can truly hate sin while living in it. Repentance makes us see the evil of sin, not merely in theory, but experientially. As a child who has been burned now fears fire, we should be just as afraid of sin as someone who recently been robbed is afraid of thieves. And we should shun it, shun it in everything, not only in big things, but also in little things. Just as people shun small vipers as well as huge snakes. True mourning over sin will also make us very careful over our tongue, lest we say even one wrong word. It will make us watchful over our daily actions, lest we sin in anything, and will lead us to close to close each day with the painful confessions of our shortcomings. Mm. Then it will lead us to open each day with diligent prayers, asking the Lord to uphold us that we may not sin against him today. Amen. Sincere repentance is also continuous for believers will repent until their dying day. It is a continual flowing stream. Every other sorrow fades over time, but sorrow over sin grows as we mature. Thus, it is bittersweet. It is a bittersweet blessing, but one for which we should thank God that he has permitted us to enjoy and to suffer repentance until we enter our eternal rest. What do you got? Oh my God, where to start? Okay, so a couple of things. I think what Spurgeon's pointing out to us is that, first of all, to have true repentance comes from Christ. So it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, being truly born again, you start to feel it, but it doesn't happen overnight. Like the entire process of sanctification takes years. Mm -hmm. Some negative attributes go quickly and others take forever to get rid of. And I was talking to Andy, telling him about this podcast that I listened to about a former gay man. And he talked about his journey that spanned 20 years where he was touched by Christ, uh, went to a mainstream church and felt extremely uncomfortable and ostracized. And he said he couldn't get over his lust uh, for men. So he left that church and went to a gay church. And he said he spent years in that gay church, but every time he would read the Bible, like he knew what he was doing was twisting scripture to suit his desires and not changing his desires to suit the scripture. But it took him years to get there. But it was in that gay church that he met Christ once again and truly gave his life over and left the homosexual lifestyle and left that church. Mm. So I'm not a I'm not a fan of uh, gay promoting churches, but the idea that I just wish our churches would welcome gay people, like that people would know they were welcome no matter where they were in their walk because they're sinners, you know rather than saying we don't, in other words, you never compromise the truth. You never say we permit homosexuality. It says you're living a life in sin, but you're welcome here. Hmm. You know what I mean? So that people have the opportunity to let Christ work in their lives and convict them, bring them to true repentance, and then their lives actually are changed. So he didn't, even in the gay church that was promoting the gay, uh, that homosexuality was permissible, 
his heart still told him it wasn't. So right. he's, he knew when he was reading the scripture that they were twisting the words, that he was twisting the words to suit his desire. And he eventually left. So it was, it, my point being is that, and I, and I bring this up also because I just wrote this article on Kanye West and like how, how valuable he could be to the kingdom and not because he's somebody we should emulate and not because he has it all together, but you, in listening to his interviews, you could tell he has a heart for God. He wants to run after God. Is he there? Is he truly transformed? Is he sanctified and, and new? I don't know. But I think if we if we throw stones at him before the guys even walked into the building, I don't see how I don't see how he grows. You know what I mean? And so that's just another example, whether it's a homosexual person, it's a drug addict. I mean, I was showing Andy today, Charles Spurgeon, the author of this devotional, the the mighty man of God has a grandson who was was way far away from the Lord and was just saved a couple months ago. So like, how did that happen? You know, but there was, there's still space for people to come back. How's it happened so, that he wasn't with God or how does it happen that he was an atheist? Both, and, both. Uh, like how, how did he, how did he wander so far away? And then, but how did he come back? It's, it's the prayers of his grandfather, probably the prayers of his father. It's just, you know, anybody that God puts in, in the Lord's hand, he will not allow them to be snatched out. So right. it's just beautiful, but that's just where I'm at today. Folks is just having um, heart and compassion for people that are still, they're still trying to walk the walk, you know? I mean, how many people in the church struggle from addictions we do not see? Uh, and yet we don't kick them out of the church, right? You know, it's the ones that are more visible that make people uncomfortable. Um, and it's a shame because it ends up um, pushing a lot of people that could otherwise meet Christ in the church. Um, it pushes them away. Uh, well, two things that I have, and I hope I remember both of them, is that I'm just putting the Facebook post. It, it should come up, especially those of you that are on Facebook, uh, about Charles Spurgeon's uh, grandson. Great-grandson or grandson? I thought it was grandson. It could be great-grandson. Yeah. Grandson. Um, wow. Um, yeah, not that many generations away. No. Well, um, I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to say first. So the first one has to do with Ye or Kanye West. And that is, isn't it interesting that you write this story about Kanye? That it's essentially could be said about any of us that are disciples. If you look at our history. Right. And look at who we are as a sinner. It, it truly is the Pharisee and the tax collector uh, like parable. Like you? No. Yes. You are not allowed in. It, because those are the comments on your article. Yeah. Like, you're using him as an example. Well, what, what can, can I use you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, <laughs> you are more worthy of forgiveness than he is? He's got I, a I platform. I mean, he's got a platform yeah. that could literally and has brought people to Christ. Yeah, as flawed as he is, as yeah. whatever you think that he may be, his, who knows how many people at the forum on the night that he had his uh, 
his Sunday service, service Sunday service there that people found God. And every day, all of his like his bros that he hangs out with and people he invites over to the ranch. And how many people are getting saved by this broken man's walk with God? Wow. You know, he's not holding himself up as a Bible scholar or, as a, or even as a pastor. No. You know, he's not saying I'm going to take the mantle of the pastor and therefore I'm subject to the biblical commands of a pastor. He's like, I'm just a dude. I'm a very wealthy dude and have all these great plans for what I want to do uh, for Christendom, for the kingdom. And people are like, no, we're not taking money from you. Not you. Yeah. Anybody but you. Yeah. You're bipolar. <laughs> and they keep saying he's bipolar, like as yeah, if that so suddenly like, disqualifies yeah. him because he's a mental illness. Who doesn't have a mental illness? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If you're of this world, uh, your world, worldly view is a mental illness. Right. According to, I mean, I don't know, according to God, but you know what I mean? It's just that that's the thing we're constantly fighting. Right. Mental is you're constantly fighting something, whether it's sin, a worldly view, um, your attitude towards a certain race. I mean, uh, your own you bias. Whatever your bias is of somebody, of how somebody looks, it, it's it's crazy. It hit me as you were talking, and then you brought it. I go, oh my gosh, they're doing exactly what that parable says. Exactly. Uh, wow. Wow. So there's and, that. And, and Pastor Jack said that in one of the sermons the other day, didn't he? Say he's like, why are you guys all acting like Pharisees? He's like, we shouldn't be a church filled with Pharisees. Mm. You know what I mean? Where it's like just so judgmental. Of everybody who walks in the door, whether they're good enough or not, you know, as if there's some measuring stick that we know that is a different measuring stick that we use against ourselves for sure. Mm. But we're more than happy to use it against other people to knock them off whatever whatever podium they may have, right. even if it's a small square. So my second point, actually, I have three. So, but my second one is uh, in regard to your statement that they should be inviting more, homo, doing a better job of inviting homosexuals, and making sure them feel welcome, making them feel welcome. But don't we don't doesn't Jack do that when he says this is a place for sinners? This is a hospital. Jack does. The church doesn't. So, what mm. most people's church hurt is from fellow Christians. It's the person sitting next to you. That's the person that hurts you. It's not, it's usually not the pastor. Mm. It's that we are not as, as fellow Christians are not walking the walk. I mean, look at the, the venom that they posted about the article. That's just, that's just one example of people being able to anonymously share their heart about mm -hmm. how much they hate sinners and not looking at themselves to whatever sins they're engaged in. Like how many of those people that write those articles are watching porn? Yeah. How many of them are drunks? You right. know what I mean? But they just don't, they don't want to see that part of it. Yeah. Uh, Carrie says. I have a question. If someone is drinking, but they come to the church sober, then I don't see their sin. Exactly. But with gay people, they throw it right there in your face. How? Well, I mean, I, I presume they don't. Uh, okay. First of all, I want to make sure you're meaning that does a gay person um, flaunt their gayness when they come to church? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I haven't ever seen like a gay couple, like making out in a church or something, but I think I want you to clarify what you mean by flaunting it. Well, I think that's where we draw the line on any of the sins is that you, we don't Shoked want you walking in with a hustler magazine in, in the pew, not that we have pews, but in the, in a chair, in the chair <laughs> <laughs> or drinking a margarita martini, you know, during service. 
right? It's kind of the same thing. Keeping They're, their Yeti with a, a margarita in it. Yeah. And who knows how many people do that? <laughs> they do. Who knows? I mean, we just had uh, uh, Chris, Pastor Chris Ward over at Friends yeah. Church show a bottle of vodka that he found in the bathroom in exactly. the church. Exactly. A yeah. bottle of vodka he found in the bathroom at church. You know why they drink vodka? It's harder to smell. Yeah, it's harder to smell. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so but, Carrie says that they want acceptance with something I can't agree with. Oh, yeah. No, we don't agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I have this battle with my daughter constantly. I We went to a gay couple's house and I had it in his home. I had the discussion. So we never compromise the truth of the Bible. So the acceptance is we accept the human being. We're not condoning the lifestyle. We're saying, you know, come as you are. And we are, we're praying that the Holy Spirit will do a work in them and convict them. I mean, this man, the way he described it, he bounced around from a conservative church to a gay church and God caught him, caught him in the gay church, you know? So it's, uh, it's about being um, welcoming to people, sinners that are just searching. Mm. That's my take. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, like, like Kanye, you know, the edited version of the interview right. was fairly uh, helpful towards, you know, getting to like him. But what we understand is that they took out the part, the references to the Jews. Well, he made a couple of, he, he, and he didn't say like derogatory Jews. He's like the Jewish people that, that I've come into contact with or the, that were influencing these people were Jewish that were influencing my children. It'd be like back in Jesus day talking about the Pharisees. Right. Like, you know, we know you believe in God, but take the, the 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 thing out of your own eye. The speck. The speck. Yeah. The, what is the yeah, the, 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 the the speck tree. in your own the eye? The, the plank. The plank. The plank. <laughs> and Jan says, I watched Kanye's interview with Tucker and he seemed totally sincere and I hurt for him. That's my point. Is you had this there was a sense of compassion for how manipulated, controlled, and broken he was and how uh, he finds peace in God and, and being um, kingdom-minded. But again, has he gotten there? Like, is he perfected? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Carrie's comment here about why do I, you have to know they well, Hopefully are, you don't have to. Yeah, but you know, there's, you know, there, <laughs> I want to say this in a way that's not necessarily offensive, but I don't know if there's any way around it. There, there's people, I don't know what's going on with Twitch, but it's really bothering me. We're having a, so the, we don't, we're not going to have any of our Twitch comments today because apparently <laughs> it's not, it's not going live on Twitch for some reason. But um, is that um, the feminization of men has been happening for several decades. Um, and we, there are men who are not gay that have a are effeminate and they i i have a feeling that they're they they're probably fighting some aspect of it i could be wrong but there's just some people that have that those mannerisms that i don't know that it's an act because again we see heterosexual men that are married to women that have gestures and a way that they speak yes that is effeminate. So I don't know that they're doing it in your face in that way. It's just that's either a habit that they can't get rid of, <laughs> that they've, they've developed with their 
gaiety or they're effeminate and that's just how they are. I mean, I, I, I can think of three right now and, mm. and some of them are leaders in churches and you go, wow. oh, well, like one then, of the guys that used to be the, I remember back in the day when California, when we voted against gay marriage, but yet they, they, they approved it anyway. Right. And, and this one gentleman in the church that I was going to not your blend of friends um, was like well, going around and really fighting it. You know, fighting the, gay marriage. Yeah. The, no, this is between a man and a woman, but he was going, this is a, for a man and a woman. And the way he talked, I was just like going out of all the, people that is it I mean, just because he was fighting it yeah he does fight it and so that's what I, that's where i was kind of going with that is that i you know you have to kind of hand it to him that he was that he is not only fighting it himself but he he knows why it's important to fight it that this is something that's a struggle and when you are legalizing it much like our schools when you have teachers that are affirming it affirming that it you're you're doing something they're it's already difficult they're already going through a difficult time and now here you're making it worse right um and so um so i'm not sure if that actually directly answered carrie's question or if that or if it was just a comment that but I, I i still think that they need like you were saying that having them there in their struggle to be with good christians a good christian who doesn't you know it, hey how are you i know you're you know and know that they're struggling and how is it that i can pray for you will i have this same attraction thing going on which they're not always likely to say, but when they do, you're going to be there for them and say, wow, you know what? We've been dealing with that in our home too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, if we can pray for you and, and help you through this, we would like to be there for you. And um, I don't know. Well, Carrie says that I have a gay friend and he flaunts himself, then gets upset when people are offended. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by flaunting himself? So meaning... He walks in with a boa? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm curious no, that's about. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about. Well, and and of course, the way our culture is, is today, it, it, gay pride, they want to force you to accept it. And um, we just don't cede that ground. Well, see, now, I, now I, th that's the difference now. So you have a gay friend who has no interest in becoming closer to God. Right. Who's just gay. Right. And now he's being more gay. Okay. <laughs> aggressive <laughs> aggressively gay but is he or is he just being him right that that is like then you can make a decision hey you know i have kids and you know i don't know i don't hey, want you to go over my house yeah, yeah i'll absolutely. meet you for lunch i'll meet you wherever you want to go but you know with how you are dressing you know pr provocatively would you, whatever invite, would you invite mario over the house for dinner mario mario presents in his shoes yeah well, you could have told him to change his shoes. <laughs> I would. Why? See? But I would. I, I, I wouldn't say no. But see, that's my point. Is that, you know, and, and Mario presents. He's the one that's uh, mm. created Gays Against Groomer, a professed Christian. I don't know how he's reconciling those concepts for himself. But I, I don't know. I just, I love... I don't, I don't condone the uh, saying that God permits it, but I love the pursuit. I love a person that is 
so outwardly struggling with who they are, but love Jesus anyways. And I don't believe Jesus will ever turn his back on that person. He will catch them one day or another. You know what I mean? It's just, it's the same thing. I mean, I see it. I, I see it all over this town with people that are just drunks. You know what I mean? And they profess to love Jesus. And I think to myself, like one day, but, you know, as my friend Glenn will say, well, but they will not inherit the kingdom. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to change God's rule. You cannot be a sodomizer, or fornicator, liar, or mm. uh, uh, what was the one that was lack courage uh, or a coward? Coward. Won't inherit the kingdom. I mean, that's the scripture. So are they saved? Probably not. I don't know. But that's not like I'm not responsible for that. Mm. But um, I don't know. So with Courtney, when she was in high school, uh, and actually even all the way from elementary school, junior high, and high school, she had a friend. I'll, oh I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say his name. Transitioned, Fred. right? I, I believe he did. She did. Uh, his name was. Let's just say his name was Fred. Okay. Um, that as he grew old, grew older, he became more of a woman. In his dress and his actions and that kind but of thing. But from when he was really little, he from his little, shirt. yeah, we we kind of knew. Um, but Courtney was good friends with him. But I would never not have him over. Now the person I was married to forbid him coming over. But me again, I was a Christian. Maybe I wasn't the best Christian, but I was still. I wanted him to see that Christians don't hate him. And I was trying to explain to the other half that. This is the exact opposite of what God wants us to do. Right. Like, show him what Christian love is. And, and and maybe we'll have an influence. Maybe we won't. But what's important is that my daughter sees what a Christian does. That we don't shun him. That we don't shut him out. That we don't say, you know, Courtney, we hate your friend. I wanted him to, you know, we, God loves everybody. And and this was about a, 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 a constant battle. So I would, I would have... It would cause problems, but I would say, you know what? It's my daughter's friend and he can come over. Um, so that's an answer to your question. So now there's a difference though. So now would I have him over for dinner with these kids? Oh, why would it? You because because these, that was Courtney's that friend. One? That was Courtney's friend. Okay. But what if one of them brought? Then I would, I would say yes. Because why would you have a different standard for the first child? No, I wouldn't. Oh. But see, I'm bringing, now you're asking me about Mario. They don't know right. Mario. Now uh, now I have to think, would I invite him over to family dinner? Mm. See, that might be something different. But we probably have Francois over. Yeah. Well, no, I, yeah. To me, it's no different. So, yeah. so my you daughter, see, asked, me, my da my daughter yeah. asked me, why would you accept some gay people and not others? Why wouldn't you accept me gay? And I was like, because I <laughs> want the best for you. And I will fight to my dying breath to have that, to have a God sanctioned relationship for you. Mm -hmm. But will I still love you? Of course I will. Yeah, but we feel the same way about them too. We about, don't want, we, we tell them yeah. as we told, as we told Francois, right? It's a sin. Right. <laughs> and we're going to pray for you. Yes. And we would like for you not to be, but we still love you. We're still here. We're still your friend. Right. But we're praying for you. And uh, just like we would, if you were a drunk, which he, he may also be that too. <laughs> Oh, it's hard. <laughs> it easy, folks. We're thinking these all. We're thinking this all out loud with you. Sorry, this hey. is what we do. 
Yeah, Gary's like, but see, you're expected to accept the shoes when it sends a clear message. The Bible says men should not dress in women's clothing. Right. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know that I would. That, that'd be interesting. But I, I mean, I think I would have them all. Just you and I. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. It is, huh? It is. It really is. And <clears throat> Carrie has a very valid point because you're saying, and I suspect that the kids would say it was hypocritical. Okay, let's Why go you with, let him do it, not us? Well, let's go with the drunk idea. Where we okay. are at now, with, with the, we don't drink now, um, will we have somebody over that we know is, is, has been drinking that's, that's drunk? We would probably have, I mean, I don't want to be. I don't want to be so hypocritical that we don't take all these things into consideration. Right. We we probably well, we, would, we go other places where everybody's always drunk. Yeah, but again, with we the kids, where we have them in our house with our kids. Oh. Uh, if they if we they came to the door and they were like drunk, we might to keep them safe and hey, we're going to call you Uber or we'll call you a friend, but this isn't a place for you to be hanging out with us in this condition. So there there is a line where you have to draw it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So would you invite Mario over with his boyfriend? Mm. Probably not. So that they would see the interaction. I don't know, folks. Yeah, it's this hard. And it's different also. I like the way uh, Mark Driscoll describes it as you have circles of people that you minister to. And then you have your close circle of your friends. Um, good company, uh, bad company corrupts good character. Mm -hmm. So do you let him in in an inner circle? No. You know, so, but do you still minister to them? Would you still be in a public place with them? Yes. But the home becomes a touchy subject because that's your inner sanctum. Well, am I wrong? And did I hear something or did we hear something together where when they talk about Jesus being with whore, prostitutes, whores, <laughs> whores, prostitutes, uh, tax collectors, all these people that it was, it was not that he would have them over to say his tent, but he would go out to them. And well, you would dine in their homes, yeah, in their homes, yes. But th th I think that was some distinction that I heard at some, you know, somebody say that that he would be with them out wherever they were. But it, but it doesn't mean that necessarily they have to, you know, they would come into the church or come into the home. But the, his the disciples church... were all a prostitute and a tax collector, and hmm. yeah, maybe I heard that wrong. Then there was something that I heard somebody. Say maybe they were, maybe, and, but they maybe were that home. maybe they he accepted them in his inner sanctum once they were saved and their lives uh, had changed. There you go. I don't know. There you go. This is a great conversation, Schnooks. I don't know. You think so? <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Oh, yes, I am too. <laughs> I just hope. <laughs> well, and on, on a totally separate topic, this idea of controlling what the mouth speaks so important. Mm. There's so many scriptures about it. One that I pulled up that. I'm sure we all know, but um, Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And uh, Jesus was yelling at the Pharisees saying, how could you um, be good when you speak evil? You're, you're a brood of vipers mm. because your mouth speaks what your heart contains. And so... Oh, the Lord has brought me to my knees over and over and over again over this. And I find that as Spurgeon describes this, the more you hate the sin, the closer you feel that the Lord is cleansing you from it, that he gives you that ability to hate sin so that you decrease that 
that behavior. Mm-hmm. Like you just, I mean, like I hate it. I hate when I, when I make mistakes of the tongue. Um, and so it's just, it's really beautiful to watch God work in me and, and reduce that. Absolutely. That's where I get. Oh my goodness. Here we're going to bring up the whole like cussing. Thing, yeah. Right? I mean, that's where I get like, where, yeah. where, where is that line? Because you, that line's going to be crossed wherever that line is. So that's why maybe I go to the extreme because I know the next step is something not that bad. As opposed to if I have it up here, then the next work is the next word is really bad. So why not stop it at darn? And and because the next word after that is crap. <laughs> right? yeah, I don't think crap is a cuss word. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was always told it was. We weren't able to say it when I was a kid. And funny because when I talk about talking, I'm not talking about cussing, even though I do think mm-hmm. of cussing like the 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 big cuss words, yeah. but I'm thinking of anger. Like mm-hmm. when I just say mean things out of anger, yeah, that is for sure what really upsets me. Yeah, because it's just unbecoming. I hear you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, yes, Carrie ma'am. likes the idea. Of oh, going, going to, to them. them. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thank you, resolved. <laughs> I love being right. <laughs> me too. Um, I don't know. Let's just mess around can i read um I, I like what jim had to say okay is that okay with you yeah i'm sure <laughs> jim says who is the editor for morning by morning uh the complete verse from which our text is derived today is as follows godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow brings death as this passage indicates there is a vast difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow More often than not, what we see in today's society is worldly sorrow, which is simply being sorry for getting caught. It is not true sorrow over having committed the sin in the first place, but sorrow for having to suffer the consequences of sinful actions. And one of these consequences is having the ongoing burden of living with guilt and regrets. Yet with godly sorrow, which brings repentance, there is no lingering guilt. The most important difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow, however, is the end result. The former leads to salvation or life while the latter brings death. Paul taught Timothy that repentance is a gift of God. May our, may our prayer today for the lost include his words to the young pastor. Lord, we pray for the lost that you would grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Amen. This this part reminds me of politics today with the Democratic Party that seemingly does not have God. Seemingly, they all profess that they're Catholics or they're something, but... And the reason I, I, I bring this up is because we see in their actions that say the, the, the issue with the border, for instance, um, or it just with the defunding law enforcement, that, that they, they say these things and they do these things that are causing chaos and death, uh, drugs coming over the border, uh, people committing crimes and not being prosecuted, but they're going out and, and prosecuting people for trespassing in the capital. And you see this, it's just 
it's 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 just chaos. Yeah. But as it gets closer to an election, they go, oh, we didn't say the fund, the police, let's pay law enforcement more money or whatever it is. They change their actions, not because of the sorrow of what it's bringing, but because the election is coming. Right. It's not kind of that same repentance. thing. It's not true repentance. Where when you have God in your life and not all Republicans are godly and not all Republicans are good. No. But but they they have a tendency to know the difference between good and evil and good and bad and what is right and what is wrong. And even so, if they don't follow it, even though they don't follow it, there's a little bit more in the Republican Party, the Conservative Party, and even independents that to do the right thing because it's the right thing. And it's not based on an election coming up. Like, no, this doesn't make sense that 300 Americans, young people in America, are dying every day to fentanyl poisoning. That this is coming across the border, and <laughs> and this this is one of the things that needs to be done. Right? They see that, and they want to take action because it's wrong, not because an election is coming. Right. And that that's that's the difference between having God in your life and not having God in your life. I think that's a that's an example of that. Right. Which I think is what the scripture is getting to. If that uh, if that makes a connection. Sure. That, that's what I thought of when I. That's why I kind of wanted to read James' yes. part there. It's just a beautiful prayer. Is that? Yeah. Is. It, <laughs> Uh, salvation is a gift of God that comes nothing by what we have done. It is a free gift of God. And those that are uh, predestined and called, we do not know ahead of time. And so my, my goal is always, as the simple way I have to describe it is just, I just want to bring someone to Jesus's presence so they can get zapped. Because I can't do it, you know what I mean. I just want to. I just want them to have the opportunity to get hit. You know what I mean. And I, because I just hear. I mean, my job is I have an internet TV show. We interview people constantly, and doing this devotional, we come across people. People come up to me in church, and I just hear story after story after story of people that just got hit with the Holy Ghost in the most bizarre situations in the middle of nowhere. But somebody took the time for the most part, to bring them to the feet of Jesus, hmm. to get zapped. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that's just my overriding passion. Is I think of that story of the young man who was fell down the stairs. Do you want to tell that? Yes. <laughs> well, I just met this wonderful young man at church who uh, had very, very demonic dreams since he was a little kid, six, seven years old. Uh, they would attack him and wake up in the middle of the night. And his mom was a praying Bible-believing Christian and would pray over him constantly. And so he told her, he said, I want to go to church. I want to give my life to Christ. And when he gave his life to Christ at eight years old, uh, the dream stopped. And so he was madly in love with Jesus. He was amazed at the, at the, the fact that the dream stopped. And one day, as shortly thereafter, he's walking down the stairs of his house. There's this huge dresser at the bottom of the stairs. He slips. And he knows he's about to go head into this dresser and it would kill him. And so he said, I love you, Jesus. And if you want to take me, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And he said he was just floating. He just felt like he was floating. And then when he woke up, his hands were covering his head and he was resting on the dresser. His body was lying down against the edge of the dresser and his head was resting on the, dress, on the dresser. And he's like, 
it, it was Jesus. He, you know, he's just like, no, miracle. yeah, it was an absolute miracle. He said it was, it just wasn't my time to go. And he said that I just have had this intense relationship with God. And he's like, it's my mom. She prayed over me. He said, and then I backslid. I went to high school and I walked away from the Lord. I said, but it, it was constantly gnawing at me. He said it was, I could constantly hear the soft, still voice. Mm. I could hear him nudging me until um, I came back again when I left high school and um, now just had this burning desire to serve the Lord. And, and, and again, also with young people, we hear story after story of their praying relatives, their mothers, their uncles, their grandparents that just prayed over them, loved on them. And those, that prayer, that intercession, um, and then exposing that person to Christ is ultimately, you know, ultimately did its, did what it was destined to do. I just think that I just pray all the time that our kids at some point will have that, not that they fall down the stairs and almost die, just that they they just encounter the Holy Spirit. They wake up one morning and like their room is just full of light Yeah, or in the middle of the night. Absolutely. And, uh, and it, that's, changes them. that's what I constantly tell my daughter, just constantly telling her, just like, I just want you to meet him for yourself. You know, I don't want you to take my word for it. I need you to meet him mm-hmm. and he'll change your life. Yeah. Wow. That'd be awesome. All right. Uh, anything else, my love? I think that's it. No. You want to tell me about chilies and our ribeye steak? No, right now, I think that's it. No. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. What about the Edify app? Do you want to tell about that? Yeah. Okay. We're part of the Christian Podcast Network, Edify. It's E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P. Check it out. Subscribe. Uh, it would be a blessing for us. It, it's got a lot of really cool content. Uh, a former uh, porn star that does a podcast about their transformation. Yes. Very cool podcast. Oh. And uh, they've got some really interesting um, authors, speakers, and check it out. EDI.FI.APP. First, you have to download the app, and then you next step is subscribe to our podcast. Yes. And, and then, then and then explore the rest of the content. Yes. All right. Then that's it, my love. I think we're Good done. Good night, everyone. Good night. God bless. We love you. Take care. Bye. 